The Detroit Pistons lose game one by just one point to the defending Easter Conference champions. It was a tough game, but obviously the biggest takeaway is Cade Cunningham showed up and looked like a star. We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for first deposit match up to $100. I'm recording this right after the Detroit Pistons lost their first game of the season. They lose to the defending Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat by just one point. In that fourth quarter, they found themselves down by at least 15 points earlier on in the fourth, and they brought in... Cade Cunningham, they brought in a few pieces with them. They really clamped down defensively, and Cade really carried them offensively and got them to within one point with a chance to win the game at the end of the game. Cade missed the very tough, I don't think he got the shot off, but a very tough three that he ended up having to take. Um, But there was a lot of good in this game, and there was, I don't want to call it bad, but things to improve on in this game. But what we're going to start at first, obviously, is Cade Cunningham. For all the people that were worried about him because of what he did in preseason. I hope you're not worried no more. I told you guys in the last podcast, there was nothing to be worried about with Kate Cunningham when it came from preseason. The only thing that any team, any person, any Piston fan should be worried about at all is simply, is Kate going to be the top 10, a top 10 player in the NBA? Like, that's the worry there. Is Kate going to be one of the best players in the entire NBA? That's all it is. Not about what, you know what he did in preseason. I, I did not care about what he did in preseason. And he showed out today and played terrific. 30 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds, a seal, a block, 13 of 27 from the field, and 4 of 9 from deep. There's so many different areas I want to go with here. First off, I just want to give him credit for scoring 30 points on 48% shooting from the field, 44% from deep, without a single free throw. He still is not getting any calls. And there was a few ones, especially in that fourth quarter, I thought he for sure should have got a call on the way to the rim. For sure should have got a call. But no free throws, still was insanely efficient on the game. So wanted to give him some credit by doing that because that's extremely tough to do. Like, extremely tough to do. Um, Then I want to talk about the pull-up three-point shooting. He shot four of nine from deep. I've said all offseason that the key to Kay Cunningham unlocking that next step and becoming that superstar that people thought he was going to be coming out of Oklahoma, all has to do, all of that has to do with that pull-up three-point shooting returning like it was in college. And in this first game of the regular season, it was there. It absolutely was there. His overall three-point shooting was there. If that is there for the whole season, good luck, NBA. Good luck. You ain't going to be able to guard him. It's not going to happen. And the Miami Heat are a really good defensive team. This was a good defensive game, by the way. Not just a good defensive team in Miami. Both sides played really good defense, 103-102. to You don't see many games like that. Um, 
I think if the Pistons don't turn the ball over 16 times, I think they turn the ball over like 13 times in the first half. If that doesn't happen, they win this game. They win this game. Turnovers kept Miami in the game early, and it's tough. It's tough. You hate to see a loss like that when you feel like you could have got a win against a really good team, but you got to see Kay Cunningham play extremely well. And probably my favorite thing about his game tonight is how aggressive he was. He took 27 shots in this game. The next closest person, which probably shouldn't happen, but was killing Hayes at 12, 12 shots. Cade took 27, the next closest was 12. He was hyper-aggressive. He knew and he knows that without Boyan on the floor and with the roster they currently have, and especially with the starting lineup they have that is focused on defense, we'll talk about that later, he knows he has to carry the load offensively. And he wasn't shying away from it at all. He was hyper-aggressive from the jump ball. And he was hitting all of his mid-range shots. He was taking step-back middies. He was getting contested layups at the rim. He was in his pull-up threes. I thought he played a fantastic game. And I for real thought that he was going to win the Pistons the game in the fourth quarter. He took over the game in the fourth quarter. And not just by shooting the ball and scoring the ball. In this fourth quarter, I have to know. I, I want to say, he, I'm, I'm going to take a blind guess. I think he had five assists in this fourth quarter. Let me pull it up real quick. In this fourth quarter, he had four assists. Okay. So I thought he had five. Either way, it wasn't just scoring in that fourth quarter. He was obviously hitting his shots, but he was also getting every player easy shots. He was getting Jalen Duren shots around the rim. He was getting Isaiah Stewart shots around the rim. He passed out of a double team to Killian Hayes, who hit a pull-up mid-range shot. He was finding guys open off of his gravity. Which, by the way, the Miami Heat, after the first quarter, would just flat out doubling them every time you touch the ball. That didn't matter. 30 points, 30 piece on your heads. Now, I'm sure Miami Heat fans and the Miami Heat themselves don't care because they got the W. But that's the kind of attention Cade was getting tonight. The gravity of his scoring, the gravity of his pull-up shooting, they were doubling high on, on or they were doubling on high pick and rolls on him every time after the first quarter. They were playing extremely aggressive on him defensively, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. He played extremely well, and he was scoring the basketball. The only area that he needs to get better at, and it was particularly early, is his turnovers. He had three turnovers in this game. I believe all three of them came in the first quarter. That was probably, that was probably the difference in this game, if you want to be honest. That first quarter with the Detroit Pistons, how many times did they turn? I have to take a guess and say they had nine turnovers. in the, Yeah, they had nine turnovers in that first quarter. Jalen Duran had three. Cade had two. Stu had one. Asar had one. Marvin Bagley had one. Ivy had one. It was just it was really sloppy basketball in that first quarter. It probably is what cost the Pistons that the game. And then they had another five turnovers in the second quarter. It definitely the turnovers is what cost the Pistons this game. There's some other things that could have went better and they would have won the game. But the number one reason why they lost this game because they were turning the ball over way, way, way too much. Way, way too much in the first half. They cleaned it up in the second half, but in the first half, man, it was it was bad. It was really bad with the turnovers. Um, so that's the one area I want, I'd want. i say that Kate has to get better at. Um, high usage players, they have a lot of turnovers. It's just going to happen. Um, but in that first quarter, I thought he wasn't making like aggressive turnovers. I thought it was a lot of sloppy turnovers, not just from him, but from Duran and Asar and Ivy. Like I thought it was just really sloppy from them. So that's the one area he has to improve on. But this was the biggest thing you were looking for if you were a Pistons fan, if you're an NBA fan, if anybody, anyone that likes basketball, the number one reason why you're tuning in to the Detroit Pistons is to see Cade Cunningham. 
is to see how he looks this season. Is he actually going to be a great player this upcoming season? Is it going to be the year that he finally shows why he was the number one overall pick for everybody? And, and after the first game, he looked like an all-star. He looked like an absolute bona fide star. And if he plays like that every single night, it's going to be tough for him to play like that every single night, actually. Let me not even try to put those kind of expectations on him. But if he can play close to that every single night, this team, they may be better than I thought, simply because of Cade. Simply because of Cade. It's going to be tough because he ha- it, it, we'll see how things go. after. It's just one game to want to overreact. But Cade playing at that level, when you have a guy like that playing like that for you, you have a chance all the time. You always have a chance in a game. You always have a chance. And Cade is that dude. Last thing I want to leave you guys off with, how many points did Cade score in the fourth quarter? He scored nine points in the fourth quarter, four assists, hit that pull-up three to bring it within one with like 45 seconds left or something. I thought the game was over. I thought the Pistons were going to stop, and they were going to come down. Cade was going to hit a bucket, game winner, over. I thought it was I thought it was done deal. He was going to do it. I, I could just I could feel the energy from the Pistons fan base after he hit that three. I wasn't around nobody. I was watching by myself in my room, but I could just feel the energy from all the Pistons fans across the world after seeing that shot hit. I could just hear everyone just screaming, celebrating. I thought they were going to win it, man. But I thought it was a really fun first game. I think everyone should be happy after that first game. There's some stuff to build on. I thought there was a lot of positives, which we'll talk about here coming up. I want to talk about the positives after game one. Obviously, we talked about Kate Cunningham. But outside of Cade, what were some of the positives from this game? We'll talk about that when we come back. Excuse me. Um, but first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Because who wants a turkey without the gravy? Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. And all you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. Trust me, my wife... Every time we go grocery shopping, she's always using one of her rewards. And I'm, I'm sitting there looking at it. It's not giving it no cash back. With Ibotta, you get real cash back. And it's why it's the best one out there. I love it so much because of that. You get actual cash back, not just some points that don't really amount to anything. So that's why I love Ibotta. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Again, go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCK. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCK. Now I got to tell you guys about another one of our sponsors and this one right here, man. This one had me excited yesterday. Price Picks, man. I told you guys about Price Picks. Last episode, I'm going to tell you guys about Price Picks all the time. It's my favorite daily fantasy option out there. It's the most fun I've ever had with daily fantasy. Just last night, the first game or the first night of the NBA season, I had multiple entries on Price Picks. Sadly, you know, Kevin Durant decided to shortchange me and, and lose me some money there. Didn't win on that one. I had KD over 22 and a half. It was a deal on Price Picks, which they do regularly. You'll get random deals, random discounts on players' overs. I took the over on that discount, and KD said, you know what, Koo, you, don't, you ain't 
you know, you ain't winning no money today. You ain't winning no money today. And then, of course, KD and Clay Thompson, all I needed them to do was hit at least six threes on, on price picks. I would have turned $25 into $150 with the three-pick entry. With price picks, you simply sit, pick two to six players on their overall unders, and you get to choose whether you think they're going to go over or you're going to go under. You can win so much money on price picks. I love it so much. It's by far my favorite daily fantasy option out there. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, if I'm using it, if I'm out there every single night having fun with it with the NBA season, I know you guys will too. And it's not just the NBA, it's the NFL, any sport you can think of, gaming too. PricePix has it all. So again, head to pricepix.com slash locked on NBA. Use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 with PricePix. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So I want to talk about the positives after the first game of the season for the Detroit Pistons. And obviously we spent the entire first segment talking about Cade Cunningham. But there were other positives in this game too. And before I get into any specific players, I do want to say this. I thought overall, did some players not play as well as you as they probably would have liked? Sure. For example, Jay Nivey was 1-7 of seven in this game. Only played 17 minutes. Wasn't very good defensively. Um, Joe Harris was 0-2. I'm sure he probably would have liked to shoot better. Asar Thompson was 1-7 of seven from the floor. I'm sure he probably would have liked to shoot better. Killian Hayes was 4-12. of 12. He was 4-6 of six on twos. We'll talk about him later. But he was 0-6 of six from deep. I'm sure he would have liked to shoot better. So there's, I'm sure these guys individually would like to see themselves shoot the ball a little better. But I think every single player on this team should feel good after game one. I think every single one contributed in some way, some fashion to this team being one point away from beating the Eastern Conference champions. And I feel like there was something to build on from this first game. So the first positive I have, very first positive, is I like the starting lineup. I think the starting lineup has something to build off of for the next three weeks. Um, I say three weeks because that's the soonest, or four weeks, that's the soonest you see Boyan Bogdanovich potentially coming back and getting his starting spot back. Now, could they change the starting lineup within those four weeks? For sure. They easily could. But with the starting lineup that they showed, in that first quarter, they were defending their tails off. They were playing really well in, on defense. They were playing well in transition. And actually, in the in the half-court offensively, when they weren't turning the ball over, I thought they were creating open, quality looks for themselves. So I thought the starting lineup played well. Played. I thought, I, let me not say played well, because they didn't shoot the ball great. Um, Asar and Killing combined to be, um, what was it, um, 5 of 19 from the floor. Um, but I thought if you watched the game, very clearly there's something to build off of there on the defensive side of the floor, and in transition, I thought they showed that. And there's a reason why Isaiah Stewart was a plus seven. Jalen Duran's a minus four, Cade's a minus two, and Killian Hayes was a plus one. Those guys played really well together. They, they played really great defense, especially in the fourth quarter. Those guys defended their tails off, created open looks for each other, and or maybe not each other. Cade created looks for them and carried some of that offensive load while the rest of them played really good defense and created fast-break opportunities. So I think the, the, the starting lineup has something there. They need to be able to hit open shots. It's only the first game of the season. But 
after the first game, do I look at that starting lineup and what they did and say, there's something there? Yes, there is something there. I thought there's something to build on. That's honestly why I can't wait for this next game um, on Friday against the Hornets because there is something there to build off of. I want to see them continue to build off of that defensively. And if Asar can shoot a little better, if Killian Hayes makes one of those threes, we're talking about him having a way better game. The Pistons probably win this game. He just needs to hit one of those threes, and this is probably a completely different talk about the starting lineup um, and, and the Pistons winning this game. Like, it was that close. So I don't think Asar is going to go 1 of 7 every night from the floor. I don't think Killian Hayes is going to go 0 of 6 from deep every single time out there. So I, I think, and then with how they play defensively, I really like it. I, I can't wait to see how they build off of it because I do think that lineup has something there. Um, the next positive, I'm sure you guys, some of you guys thought I was going to be, you know, I wasn't going to be fair and wasn't going to talk about this. Isaiah Stewart played probably the best half of basketball I have ever seen him play in that first half. That first half, he played absolutely tremendous. And I think Monty, you already see some of the differences with Monty on the floor, but I thought one of the things he's doing really well, I saw some people point this out on Twitter. One of the things I think he's doing well with Isaiah Stewart, he's not just planting him in the corner. He's, he's kind of taking, you know how in the preseason we talked about how, oh, Stu's coming off these DHOs and it's kind of clunky and making, you know, spacing a little tough because he can't really create off the DHOs. Well, you didn't see him come off DHOs tonight. They kept him away from the DHOs. He was kind of roaming a little bit. He was, you know, if he had a mismatch or he had someone smaller than him, he'd go and duck underneath and seal and get a quick seal. They hit him the ball and he'd do a quick hook shot over the smaller guy. If he, you know, if he was open from the corner, he got a corner three, he let it go. So I like the fact that Monty is, I know I was a little skeptical of the post-scoring. And even in this game, I, I know I'm saying he had a tremendous game, but the post-scoring was a little, eh, a little on-off, um, especially when they gave him a little bit more dribbles to do so. When he just caught it and was able to just hook shot immediately over smaller guys, it looked fine. Um, but when he was trying to put dribbles down, it looked a little rough. Um, but I like the fact that it looked good. The little seals with the smaller guy on you for a quick bucket, I think that's a good add to the offense. It looked really good in this first game. Um, and again, if you can limit the dribbles of the post up and you hit Stu when he gets that smaller guy on him instantly so he can just go straight up without having to think about it really, it looked really good. And he had 14 rebounds in this game. He was tremendously uh, active on the boards, very physical on the boards. And then defensively, I thought him and Killian Hayes were tremendous on Jimmy Butler in that fourth quarter. Those two guys were the ones that were on Jimmy the majority of the time in the fourth, and I thought they played absolutely spectacular defense on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was 1 of 5 in that fourth quarter. Tyler Hero was 0 of 4. That was a direct response to Isaiah Stewart and Killian Hayes defensively in that fourth quarter. They completely locked down. Hero and Butler combined for 1 of 9 shooting. Tremendous. I thought Stu played really well. I want to give him his props. He hit a sidestep 3, pump faked, side dribble 3, I thought, again, the first half, I thought it was his best half ever. Overall, that one was the best games I've ever seen him play. And if this is Isaiah Stewart, it's obviously just one game. You don't want to do any overreactions to either side, okay? We know how these things go. Let's not go crazy over one game. But in this game, he was tremendous. And if he can be close to what this is, he's not going to be this amazing every night, okay? It's not going to happen. Everyone is not always high. But if he can be close to this type of player... That's, that's really beneficial for the Pistons. I thought he played really, really well for the Pistons. Really well. I was very happy with how he played. And the plus seven in 35 minutes, 100% matches the eye test. 
100%. So I wanted to give Stu his props on the podcast. Again, I thought he played absolutely tremendous. Um, Some other positives in this game. Marvin Bagley won the backup five spot. I thought he played really well in his 16 minutes. Um, Eight points, eight rebounds, three assists. Thought he played really, really well. Um, He's not asking him to play more than 16 minutes. Not asking him to play 20 minutes or anything. You're just asking for him in those limited minutes that he gets to play well. And those limited minutes, he did. He was very effective in those minutes. I liked what we saw from Marvin Bagley. Um, I thought Alec Burks played fine for the Pistons. Um, I thought he played okay. Marcus Sasser played really well off the bench. And again, another guy that's not going to get a lot of minutes. 10 minutes, 8 points, 2 of 3 from deep. I thought he played really well offensively. Defensively, you saw the slippage with the rookies, um, especially early in that fourth quarter. They cut the lead down in the third quarter. Then to start the fourth quarter, they were just abysmal defensively. Um, and Marcus Sasser and Jane Ivey had something to do with that. But I thought Sasser played fine, um, especially offensively creating threes for himself um, in the limited time. So I liked seeing that. Jalen Duran turned it up in the second half. I actually thought he was really bad in the first half. But in the fourth quarter, he really started getting physical with Bam and just overpowering him. That was really good to see. And the motor and the energy really ticked up, and he started being smarter with the ball. So I thought Duran picked it up late when they needed him to. I thought first half he was actually pretty bad. He needs to be more consistent throughout the game. Um, we talked about Isaiah Stewart. Killian Hayes, we're going to talk about him in this positive section and in the negative section. Killian Hayes was 4 of 6 on 2s, but 0 of 6 from 3. I don't understand how he can have such a feathery soft touch from mid-range and not 1 from 3. Now, again, it's just one game. He's probably, like I said, going to have 3 weeks until Monte comes back to really prove the outside shot's coming along. So he's going to get another chance, obviously. And I thought if you just didn't, and it's hard to do this, if you just don't look at the three-pointers, three pointers, I thought he played good. But when you take six threes and you need to be a spacer out there, you can't just ignore that. So the positive is that I thought he played tremendous defensively on Jimmy in that fourth quarter. I, he was four and six on twos. So I think that's the positives. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about the negatives. He'll be the first negative we talk about. Because he, while I do think he played great defense in that fourth, and he was four of six on twos, there is a negative that if he doesn't change in these three weeks, he's not going to be in the rotation, and it's going to be the make or break for his career. We'll talk about that when we come back, what that is. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel Sportsbook. If you guys remember a few days ago when we talked about FanDuel, the spread for the Detroit Pistons game is at around 6.5. The Pistons covered. They covered the spread. They only lost by one point. Man, imagine if you guys would have taken that plus 450 at FanDuel on the Detroit Pistons to beat the Miami Heat, and they would have pulled this one out. Now, would have, could have, should have. You know, it doesn't work with bets, you feel me? You don't want to go down that line. But... Pretty close, pretty close, you know, just one three away, you could have been really up. But they did cover the spread. That's the kind of thing you can do over at FanDuel. Not only can you snap into the action with the NFL, but you can also snap into the action with the NBA season just starting up. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And like I mentioned, you can do player props, you can play spreads, you can play money lines, over-unders, and more. FanDuel is amazing. Love to use it. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that when you place a $5 bet, that $200 in bonus bets, and kick off the NFL and the NBA season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free to web on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way 
to support the podcast. So negatives after the game one. First one has to be Killian Hayes. It just has to be. And before I say these negatives, you know I have to come out and, you know, defend my boy a little bit. He had 10 points, three assists, two steals, one block, and he was a plus one in this game. So he wasn't a negative despite this. And again, I, I can't say enough that Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler was one of nine in the fourth quarter. Killian Hayes guarded both of those guys. He was the main reason for that. Him and Stu on Jimmy and Killian was main, main guard on Tyler Hero. So the defense in that fourth quarter when the Pistons made that comeback was a big reason why. So I thought he played tremendous defensively. And on twos, he was four of six on twos. He hit his middies. He attacked some double teams off of uh, Cade and was able to attack into the paint and create off of um, create a mid-range shot for him, which he can hit. But listen, it doesn't matter. That's the, I, It doesn't matter if you're only six from deep. If he's one of six from deep, you probably live with that. I'm not going to lie to you. If he can make, if he would have made one of those, you probably live with it because the Pistons probably win the game if he makes one. He's 5 of 12 from the field. He has 13 points. Pistons win. You win, You live with that. You don't want him to be one of six every single game, but in this game, if he's one of six, you can look past it and be like, you know what? You were a big reason why we won the game in the fourth because of your defense. You were able to hit a three, help us win. Hopefully, shoot better moving forward. Bada boom, bada bing. But if you're 0 of 6 from deep, that's just not acceptable. And no, I'm not saying you need to be, you shouldn't be clicking the panic button on any of these players. I'm sure people are going to be clicking the panic button on Killian Hayes because no one likes Killian Hayes. But again, I thought he showed things, he continued to show things in this game. The three point shot, though, whether we like it, whether people who believe in Killian like myself like it or not, that's going to be what make or break his season, make or break his career. So, like I said, I think he's going to have three weeks until Monte comes back. And in those three weeks, if he's not shooting well from beyond the arc, then there's going to be some problems. He's probably going to come out the rotation. And it's probably might be the, the end of his career, for real. I know in the preseason, he shot 56% from the field and was only like, what, like 18% from three, but he only took like, what, I think he took like six threes in the preseason. He didn't take many. Um, but the three-point shot has to come around, especially if they're going to go with this starting lineup. This starting lineup, while I believe it has stuff to build off of defensively, Killian Hayes can't go 0-6 and think this starting lineup can work. He has to hit at least one. He has to hit at least two. 33% you can live with. You have to You have to hit at least one of those. You have to. And if he does, again, they probably win this game, and the starting lineup looks even better. So despite the fact that he was a plus one in this game still, despite the fact that he played tremendous defense in that fourth quarter was a big reason why they came back because of his defense and Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero, all that, yada, yada, yada. Yes, I'm including those positives. Either way, 0 of 6, there's no looking past that. He cannot shoot 0 of 6. No matter what he shot on twos, or 6 on twos, you feel me? Um, 0 of 6 from deep is unacceptable, and that's going to get you out the rotation. If you, in three weeks, when the, everyone comes back healthy, if you can't shoot well from deep, doesn't matter what else you do. Um, it is what it is. You have to, he has to shoot better from deep. I hope he is. I hope he will. I believe he will. But oh, of six, that's not how you want to start the season off from deep. Tough, tough night from shooting from deep for Killian Hayes. Um, hate to see that. Um, I do want to say I thought Monty Williams clearly made the right choice closing with him in this game for the defensive reasons very clearly, and it paid off. They made a huge comeback. So I thought very clearly. Right decision to close with Killian Hayes, and it's clear that Monty likes Killian Hayes for all the other things he does. So if Killian has an opportunity here, if he simply just hits a three or two, he, the Pistons will keep him around. 
Monty, Monty very clearly loves him. He wants to see him hit a three. If he can just hit those threes at a decent clip, he's going to have a future here. Like, that, it's clear. He just needs to hit decent clip from three. Oh, six can't cut it. Like, that's just not going to work, dog. So, that's the negative. I hate to see that, but it is what it is. The other negative is Jane Ivey. And again, you don't want to panic over one game, whether it's Killian Hayes 0 of 6 from deep or Jane Ivey 1 of 7 from the field. But I thought Ivey played really bad in this game. Um, obviously, he wasn't efficient offensively. He had three turnovers and three assists. It was just not a good game for him offensively. And then defensively, you saw why Monty Williams is having such an issue with him defensively right now. Multiple miscommunications, multiple breakdowns. Got beat off the dribble instantly by Duncan Robinson in the first quarter. Uh, that's you can't have that kind of stuff if you're Jane Ivy and you want to be brought back to the starting lap at some point throughout this season. You can't have that, man. You gotta play better. And look, I know people are going to point to Killian Hayes playing 31 minutes and Jane Ivy playing 17, but Jane Ivy just has to play defense. I mean, Monty Williams made it clo- clear to us he has to play defense. And then when you're not, if you're not playing defense and then you're struggling offensively, like that, 17 minutes is what you're gonna get. So. I don't think he's going to play 17 minutes again. I think he's going to play more moving forward, but he needs to play better on both ends of the floor. This was not a good opening game, but it's not worth overreacting about either. It's one game. There's 82 games. We've seen last year the up and downs of the seasons. There's, I've told you guys this last year. I like to look at the, at the season either in quarters or thirds. It, it's a long season. you got to split it up. So don't panic over one game over for anybody, especially Jane Ivey. He's going to be fine. He just had a really rough first game. I'm not overreacting to anything from this first game. I thought there was some stuff to build off of. There were some really good positives. There were some negatives. I'm not overreacting to any of them, and neither should you guys. The only thing we should overreact to is Kay Cunningham's the best player in the NBA. That's the only thing we should be overreacting to because it's true. Kay's the best player in the entire NBA, clearly. you see Who else scored 30 points tonight? I'll wait. I'm not going to wait too long because I didn't watch the other game, so someone might have scored 30 points. But either way, you feel me. Uh, whoever scored 30 points as well, they, they didn't do it as good as Kay. You feel me? But... That's the only thing to overreact on. Everything else, I honestly feel like Pistons fans should feel good about, like, literally just about everything, to be honest. I thought there was stuff to build off of with just about every aspect. Reasons to be hopeful. So, happy this was the first game, man. This was a fun first game. Can't wait for Friday against the Charlotte Hornets. Can't wait to see how that looks. Um, But that's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listener every single day. We're free and available on our podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Go Pistons. Till next time, peace out.